All right, good morning. You know, I say this every Sunday, um, but I really mean it. I hope that you are spiritually, and I hope that you are physically blessed. And I hope that your families are well. Um, I hope that things are going good for each and every one of you. All right, let's jump right in. All right, today the title of the sermon is something that I think probably most of you, especially if you're athletes, and even if you're not athletes, I think you've probably heard this at some point in time before in your life. And the title is No Pain, No Gain. And I'm going to tell you where this sermon comes from. It was actually motivated by two things. And the first motivation, I'm actually going to give some props to, to Greg, my brother, um, he is in part the part of the motivation for this sermon. Greg has really impressed me um, this particular year. He's on a health and fitness kick, and he has been extremely disciplined. Um, you know, I own property down next to the farm, and I'll go down there to work, and several times this year I have seen Greg, and he's out, and he's got his earbuds in, and he's walking, and he's working out, and and he's lost, uh, you know, and I'll let you talk to him about that, but he's lost weight, he's, in, he's getting in really good physical shape, and he's just been really, really, really disciplined, and um, I just have been super impressed with that. Uh, and the second reason for the sermon, the second motivation, to be perfectly honest with you, is uh, my own personal struggles, and um, I hope that everybody understands that you know, you walk in the building over here, and you walk in, and I've got my office there, and on the outside it says, you know, it says, Tim Day Preaching Minister. Well, that is an awesome uh, responsibility that I have, but that doesn't, by any stretch of the imagination, infer perfection, nor does it infer that I don't have struggles just like you. Uh, I have plenty of struggles. And quite frankly, the last couple of months, it just seems like things have not come easily to me. And my wife and I were even talking about this the other day. So um, I've kind of got this idea for a sermon today, and the sermon title is No Pain, No Gain. And I would like to start by having a word of prayer, but I also want you to pay attention to the picture because I want us to continue to be diligent to pray for those who are putting themselves in harm's way. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and I want to say thank you for everything that you do for us, for you are good. You are truly good. You are gracious, God. You are benevolent. You are loving. Heavenly Father, you bestow so many blessings upon each one of us. Heavenly Father, we know that you are there. We know that you hear our prayers as our intercessor, Jesus Christ, sits on your right hand and intercedes on our behalf. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, today I would ask that you would be with us, that you would open up our minds, that you would open up our spirits, that you would help us, you know, that you would give me the words that you would want me to speak, but yet that there would be something in the sermon that would help each of us in this journey that we call life. Um, in the times that we have troubles, in the times that we have tribulations, in the times that we have struggles. Heavenly Father, I would ask that you would breathe a special blessing down on the Mitchell Church of Christ. I would ask that you would breathe a special blessing down on all Christians everywhere during these times. And Heavenly Father, in closing, 
We want to continue to lift up those who are in the healthcare field. We want to, those who are helping others, those who are putting themselves in harm's way. We would ask Heavenly Father that you would be with them, that you would be with their families. Heavenly Father, please keep people safe. Please help people to heal. Please comfort those who have lost loved ones. Heavenly Father, we know that we owe all to you. And Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And just be with us during this sermon and help us in our lives and help us to help one another. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. And all God's people said, amen. All right, I'm going to start today with a verse that comes from Hebrews chapter 12. And it is a verse that you're probably familiar with, but here's how it reads. It says, endure hardship as discipline. Now, now I want you to notice, and I guess I should point this out, I'm jumping from verse 7 to verse 11, and by leaving those other verses out, I'm not doing that in any, any intentional whatever, um, but it talks about God as a father, and, but the two verses that I want to pluck out of that are verse 7 and 11, so I should have mentioned that. All right, here we go. Endure hardship as discipline. And then when you skip down to verse 11, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. All right, I'm thinking about this sermon. I'm thinking about the title, No Pain, No Gain. I'm being influenced by a younger brother that I see being very, very proactive and obviously being very disciplined and obviously putting in the work because he has a goal that he wants to reach. And I've been, I, I've been very impressed with him. I really have. Um, so I begin thinking about how do I put this sermon together? And I think about no pain, no gain. And I think about pain. And I think about going through life. And I think about how sometimes life is difficult. So this passage comes to mind. This passage from Hebrews about hardship. About being told to endure hardship as, as discipline. Alright, but the very first thing about that passage that I think I want to point out is this. I do not believe that hardship necessarily has to be equated to discipline. And here's what I mean. I feel like I'm not the only one in life that sometimes has struggles. And I feel like there are, you know, it reminds me of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 when it talks about different seasons in life. And I know that Jamie and I are, uh, are uh, as a family, or, you know, Jamie and Braxton and Tristan and I, or maybe just myself personally, that there have been times in life where I feel like I've gone through different seasons. And I believe that one of those seasons is the season of hardship or troubles or struggles. And those struggles don't necessarily have to be like these just huge monumental items. And they don't have to be, they don't even have to be sins. Um, sometimes things just don't seem to come very easily. Or you go through a season where things just seem hard. Or maybe you're in a season of hardship. Maybe, maybe you're in a difficult relationship. Maybe you're struggling at work. Maybe you're, and I could list this long laundry list of items. But whatever you're going through is going to be relative to you and your life. 
And maybe you're not going through anything. Maybe right now, you know, things are great and awesome, and you're on that mountaintop, and you're looking out, and as the old saying goes, the world is your oyster. Or maybe you're kind of like me in the last couple of months. I don't know. I just feel like I've struggled um, in in a lot of ways. And and, and like I say, I'm not sharing anything that I haven't even shared with my own wife. You know, Jamie and I have talked about this. Um, But I want you to understand something about the passage that we read earlier. And what I want you to understand is, is that I don't think that if you're having some hard or difficult times right now, that you're necessarily being disciplined. God is not necessarily mad at you. You know, if you say, you know, things have been going kind of hard for me too, Tim. Well, okay, that doesn't mean that God is disciplining you. Now, the flip side of that coin is, is that sometimes we do things in life and God does discipline us. I I believe that as well. But I do not believe that hardship necessarily has to be equated to discipline. Okay? It reminds me of a passage. And the passage says, from Matthew chapter 5, and you'll notice that the words are in red. You'll plainly see that these words are in red. So this is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, speaking to us. And here's what he says. He says, He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. You know, it's kind of funny because today, here it is, it's Thursday. We're filming on Thursday, and we just had a really, really good shower a while ago. Well, everybody got rained on if you got up early enough or if you were out. Jamie and I sat down in our, one of our TV rooms and, and, and we watched a movie together, um, you know, more of a spiritual movie the other day, and it was called The Encounter. And it, the premise was simple. Multiple people ended up at this little diner, and, but the person running the diner was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ talked to every single one of those people that were going through different items or hardships or times in their life. Um, But what struck me in the premise of the movie, and it really made me reflect, Jesus Christ loved every single one of those individuals. And one of them, as you can imagine, was very surly and very uh, difficult to get along with and had a lot of resentment and bitterness and was kind of a smart aleck. Jesus loved that individual just as much as he loved any of the other individuals who had stopped. Jesus loves everyone. He wants everyone to be successful. Jesus wants every single person to be successful. Therefore, he sends his rain on everyone. And we know that rain is nourishing. What a great example. There are farmers right now that are hurrying to get the last of their crops or get their crops in. And once they get those crops in, what do they pray for? They pray for rain. In last week's sermon, I used this picture and the following slide. And I was telling you last week that every Sunday is a memorial service, but every Sunday we commemorate a very important fundamental fact to our faith. And here's what we commemorate. 
You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, the teacher in me hopes that you're still following my train of thought. Because the sermon title is No Pain, No Gain. The sermon title takes us into a verse that tells us very clearly that we should endure discipline as hardship. I'm telling you that I don't think just because you're going through hardships that you're necessarily being disciplined. I think that hardships are sometimes a part of life. I want you, and I want every person out there, and I want every Christian, regardless of their age or regardless of how mature they are, to understand that God sends rain on the just and the unjust for a very simple reason. He loves His creation. He loves you. No matter where you are in life, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what, you know, and I don't even have the words, but no matter what... God loves you, and He wants to nourish you, and He wants you to grow. Jesus died for everyone. Jesus died for all. Therefore, He exhibits His love. Jesus loves us all. And I can't stress that enough, because you need to know that even if you're going through hardships, you're not separated from the love of God. There is nothing that will separate you from the love of God other than you yourself. So when you read the verse, you have to read the verse, I believe, in the right context. So let's read it again. Endure hardship as discipline. It doesn't say endure hardship because you're being disciplined. It says endure hardship as discipline. It's a frame of mind. It's a way of thinking. From a parental perspective, as a father, I have disciplined my children before. I did not discipline my children because I wanted to, A, and I did not enjoy the discipline. I disciplined my children because I wanted that harvest of righteousness in their lives. Yes, God allows hardships to come our way. So how do we view those hardships? Well, I think sometimes we do view them as punishment, and no one likes to be punished. So the mindset here is a little bit different. View that hardship as discipline. Well, you're saying, well, I'm not understanding what you're saying. Well, here's what I'm saying. If you discipline your own children or your grandchildren or whatever the case may be, and even as a school administrator, I disciplined students. I disciplined them because they needed to learn a lesson. So if there is a lesson to be learned from our own personal hardships, then if we view our hardships as discipline, and really not, not the punishment part of it, but the learning part of it, the growing part of it, the idea that discipline can eventually bring about a change or that discipline could eventually help us become better people to be in better shape. No pain, no gain. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. 
You know, at 50 years old, I am starting to get old enough that, you know, you start learning some things um, that maybe you didn't understand when you were a young man. I can look back now at some painful times and I can see how it influenced me to become a better person or how it changed my outlook. You know, a lot of times elders are older men, probably for good reason, because they have reached that age in life where they have some wisdom. You know, I, I got these gray hairs, just like you got your gray hairs, uh, sometimes painfully. And looking back, I can see that there have been times where I did not enjoy the hardship that I was going through, and I rebelled, and I bit against the, I, I, I chafed against the bit. I did not want to put on the yoke. I felt that I was being punished, but I was focusing on the painful part instead of realizing that there might actually be something good that could come from the pain. In the book of Isaiah 48 and verse 10, Isaiah the prophet, through God, God through Isaiah the prophet, tells the people, See, I have refined you, though not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. So I guess I do want to back up real quick. I don't necessarily think that if you're undergoing hardship that you're being disciplined. I think that's part of living in this world. But I also do think that there are times where maybe God needs to catch our attention with a little hardship. Uh, there may very well be a time where God allows you to endure some hardship because he needs you to refocus. He needs for me to refocus, and we'll come back to that in just a minute. Now, I don't know if he said this or not. You know how this goes. You find these quotes but Abraham Lincoln, supposedly, and, and you know, I'm, I have an affinity for Abraham Lincoln. I just, I think he was a fantastic president uh, in a very difficult time. Uh, but if he said this, it, it's just a beautiful statement. Life is hard, but so very beautiful. I've learned that there is so much beauty. But I want to say something today, and I want you to hear this, and I hope it resonates with you. A lot of times when we say that, we begin to talk about the outdoors or we talk about God's tapestry or we talk about, you know, flowers or scenery. Really, that's not God's ultimate beauty. God's ultimate beauty lies in mankind, in my opinion. And sometimes I've been reluctant or perhaps I've just not seen it. There's so many beautiful people. And I know you say beautiful, you start thinking about physical characteristics. I, I, I'm not concerned about that at all. I'm not, I'm not concerned about whether or not your nose is a little crooked or you got a gap in your teeth or you got a, a pimple on your face or whatever the case may be. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, is that there are so many beautiful people in this world who influence everyone around them. They season them. They're like the salt of the earth, and there's no wonder God says that in the Scripture. They're beautiful. 
They do so many wonderful things. And I think we just need to sometimes just slow down and we just need to realize that even though life is difficult, there is so much beauty around us. I thought this was a really neat saying and a neat slide. We all come from the same root, but the leaves are all different. And for those of you, I'm thinking of a Sharon Fields right now, for those of you that love your plants and the outdoors, i got a picture here of a red maple leaf. I've got a picture right here of a white oak leaf. And obviously two different trees bearing two different kinds of seed, two different leaves, yet still trees. And I think that's what we need to see. We're all like these trees. We're all trees, but each one of us are different leaves. We're different people. We're impacted by different things. We have different desires. We have different passions. We have different concerns, yet we are all still children of God. We're going to have some hardships. We're going to have times of difficulty. We're going to have seasons of difficulty. And if you haven't, it'll come. Some of you have had some difficulty with the last couple of months. Some of you have had some difficulty. Some of you haven't. Celebrate, but also realize and be cognizant that there may be some folks, like myself, I told Daniel this a while ago, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's a lack of a routine. I don't know if it's been angst. I don't know if it's been worry. But I just feel like personally, and I'm just sharing this with you, I just feel like personally in the last couple of months that life has been, and, and I don't want to be like a baby or a wimp, and I, or, or I don't want to be like God has blessed me so abundantly, but I just feel like so many of the things that I went to do, they, I don't know, I just feel like it's been hard. It's been difficult. I, I've, I've, I've struggled a little bit in the last couple of months um, with just different things. And uh, if I feel like my sermons are motivated also by what happens in my life. So this sermon is in part, once again, motivated by a brother that I'm impressed with. No pain, no gain. And he's definitely getting the gain. So maybe he should be preaching this sermon. But also because I just feel like I've struggled a little bit to get the gain here lately. This slide shows the logical progression in a man's life. The natural progression in a man's life. And... I can tell you right now, unequivocally, that my wants and desires at this age are drastically different than my wants and desires now. And I've got a feeling will be drastically different than my wants and desires when I'm an old man. It's funny because Tristan just got her a, a new automobile. She's joined the ranks of those of us who are in debt. Well, here you go. It is a sweet ride. But the second I got in it and it had all the electronics and all these bells and whistles, I was thinking, man, I'm really happy with my 2002 Ford F-150 that has 250,000 miles because if I want to eat my cheeseburger in the cab, I'm going to eat my cheeseburger in the cab. And maybe you're laughing, and, and, but, and also I don't want to learn how to use all that stuff. So I was laughing because I was telling Daniel earlier, maybe that says something about my age. I don't know, but my wants and desires... For all of us, they change. Your hardships change. 
But I do know this. I know that we're all in the same boat. I know, and I, and I was struck by this picture because the boat is a tiny boat. And this is what came to my mind. As you look at this picture, you're like, well, we're all in the same boat, but that's a tiny boat. Maybe sometimes, if we're not careful, we overinflate the size of our own boat. I don't know. Something to think about. I want to read 13 verses to you, and then I've got a couple of quick comments and we'll be done. This comes from Hebrews chapter 12. This is, the, this is where the verses were plucked. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Tell you what, I've been very impressed with Greg. I've been very impressed with watching him work out. I've been very impressed with the goals that he is achieving. No pain, no gain. I understand that sometimes in life we struggle, and when we struggle, we have to have a mindset. We have to continue to run the race. We have to strengthen our feeble knees. We have to, we have, to have a philosophy. We have to have an outlook. We have to have a way of looking. We have to have a, a framework in which to frame our hardship. We have to not be angry at God. We have to understand that there could possibly be a harvest of righteousness that will eventually come from the hardships that we endure if we stay the course. We have to be cognizant of whether or not we're causing the hardships or whether the hardships are just a natural part of life. You know, I've had a couple of little dinky health issues in the last couple of months as well. And you know what? I don't think I mean punished. It's just a part of being 50 years old. There you go. Some of you are 75, you're sitting there chuckling, you're 80, and you're like, well, you're, wait till you get that. I understand what you're saying. 
We have to frame our hardships in the right framework. We have to view the possibility that the hardships will eventually prove to make us better. I'm sharing with you, and that's what I do. I was motivated by two things, and I've repeated this several times in this sermon. I was motivated by Greg and the work that he's been doing, no pain, no gain. I was also motivated by the fact that I've kind of struggled a little bit the last couple of months in different ways. I really struggled at the beginning of this pandemic. As a father, I'm supposed to bring my family in, and I'm supposed to protect them. I can't protect anybody. I have to rely on God. And sometimes I'm not real good about that, if I'm going to be real honest. I'm, I want to be the one in control. I want to be the one calling the shots. And you know what? I don't mind if God does his thing, but I, I, he could sure take my advisement under consideration. Some of you, there's a possibility you're going through some hard times as well. And I think sometimes as, in sermons we identify, you know, but what do we really provide? Well, here's what I'm going to provide. I'm going to provide a reading from James, chapter 5, and I want you to listen to the words. Here it is, James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I think that is the thing that we've been missing the most by not being here. And this is the biggest downfall of this digital format. And the biggest downfall is, is that we do not have the assembling of ourselves together. We are not able to have that intimacy. We are not able to do some of these things because we need to do these things. We are human beings of flesh and blood, and we are not perfect, and we're going to have struggles, and we're going to have times of trouble. And when we have those times of trouble, we need to pray, and we need to pour out our heart to God. We need to call the elders of the church to pray with us or for us. But the Bible also says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. We can pray together. We can ask people to pray with us. We can pray for people. If we're going through troubles, the first thing we have to have is we have to have the right mindset. We have to view it as discipline. And we have to realize that from discipline comes a harvest of righteousness. But the second thing is there are mechanisms by which we can cope. There are things that we can do. There are ways that we can help each other. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you're going through a time of struggle or a time of hardship. There's nothing wrong with helping each other bear one another's loads. There's nothing wrong with being there for one another. My friends, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Is that true? I think in many instances in life it is true. We don't want the pain, but the pain does bring gain. But when we're in the pain, we don't want the pain. And when we're in the pain, it is difficult, and it is a hardship. 
and the hardship is going to be different for every single person because we're all trees, but we're different leaves, and we're all impacted, and we're all at different ages in our life, but we're all in the same boat, and we're not going to magnify the size of our boat. We're going to realize that perhaps sometimes our problems in the broad scheme of things are still a little bit inconsequential, but they matter to us, and they matter to the people around us. Let's pray for one another. Let's help one another. Let's bear one another's burdens. If you're going through hardship, I'll tell you, I'll be the first. You call me, you text me, whatever we need to do, we will pray together, we will help one another, because I am no more perfect than you. In fact, let me be the first to tell you that I put my pants on this morning the exact same way you did. And I am sharing this sermon with you because I have been very impressed with Greg, but I'm sharing this sermon with you because the last two months have been kind of hard for me. I love you. I hope that you are blessed. I hope that we are helping one another. And I hope that we can change our mindset about hardship. We love you.